Rob, put your head coaching hat on. Are you a face shield guy or just the classic mask? You know what, DJ? I think I'm pretty comfortable in just a classic mask. I don't know if I'm, I like the face shield. Like we saw in week one with like Andy Reid just fogging up the joint and the face shield. Like what is that thing doing? Imagine you walking into sheets with that face shield on. Like what are you fucking welding here, buddy? Just buy your iced coffee and go. Uh, I think if I'm a head coach, I think I keep it simple. I keep it classic and I just put the uh, the mask on. Yeah, that's it. I, I think you got to funnel everything in life through if I walked into sheets with this. Right. <laughs> yeah. uh, going to work. Uh, could I wear this into sheets? All right. Right. Uh, no, um, I think. Yeah. Now they've changed the rule where if you have the uh, the face shield, you have to wear a mask. Uh, additionally, okay. which I think will drive all those coaches away from the face shield. Because if you remember, Sean McVay was all pumped on hard knocks about having the face shield because people could see what he was saying. It was just more comfortable. So right. I think that's the whole route. Uh, the only thing I don't know about is the, you know, speaking over the headset. Is it muffled? Is it a little bit? E- obviously, it's easier with the face shield. But there needs to be some sort of innovation there of like, is it an astronaut helmet or something where it's built in, because uh, we know Andy Reid doesn't give a shit about how he looks. So right. get that guy something that's comfortable where the headset is built in. Right. Sometimes I think with the mask too, it's like psychological. Like I mumble a shit ton, right? And mm-hmm. if I don't think somebody can hear me, I think it's because of my mask and they can't see my lips. And it's no, it's just because I mumble. So I don't think it's like an audio issue through the mask. Uh, but I could see it, you know what I mean? Especially when you're trying to telecommunicate like that. But they got to slap some sponsorships on these face from these face masks and these face shields or something. Make some money here. Let's put some greasy stickers on them, dude. Yeah, it's been a. I'm all in on that. We're willing to pay uh, what four figures, I think. Yeah. Hey, don't start spending our money too much because Miles Garrett has about 18 sacks already, <laughs> and we already made that donation. So <laughs> that's true. He could have you made more if you would have retweeted our our tweet there. But uh, yeah, I think the the face mask. It's, you see on the sidelines how much coaches are playing with them, and I think it's any, like any. Like I'm not like a big watch guy or a ring guy or whatever. I think you, the less you play with it though, the more you get used to it. So you just got to like not scratch that itch. You know, that you know, the coaches that constantly have them down and so on are like, they're thinking about it, but there's other coaches like Brandon Staley. I don't know this for a fact, but I assume he hasn't played with it that much. And thus he's rocking the mask the whole time. Looking, Mm -hmm. looking good. Yeah, and it's also like when you wear a watch all the time, you kind of forget that the watch is on your wrist. And it's just telling me these guys aren't being safe. They're not wearing masks. What are they, the Tennessee Titans here, Deej? What are they, Nick Saban? I don't want a COVID chain, though. You know, yeah, it's pretty bad. Old guy, too. Yeah, so we'll keep it. Less up there. No, yeah, we'll keep it. But uh, he seems like a guy, too, that would be like a, a truther or whatever. But mm-hmm. uh, that's assuming. All right, face mask combo, COVID combo done. Uh, we do have a more positive show uh, to come. Of course, start off with the pick six. We got a little bit of a, a different sort of know your history. Uh, mm-hmm. well, I guess it wouldn't be that different, but maybe m- more so a eulogy to to a Cleveland staple. Uh, yeah. We got DJ's rankings, which is a new segment, but very similar to iPhone notes. And then we'll finish it off with what are you consuming? Uh, starting off with the pick six, though, we had the very much Brown-centric pod last week, and we said mm-hmm. we're only going to do a pod, which then we backtracked. We're only going to do a pod if the Browns win. Well, guess what? They got a dub. 
Never here. doubt about these Brownies, Four baby. One. Never doubt about those guys. Beat the Colts, beat washed up Phil Rivers, uh, and that first half was phenomenal from Baker. And uh, you can we could have another Brown centric podcast, but we're going to put a new spin on it. And I want Rob Law's top five fan bases that are feeling similar to us because I think the Browns got to be in the top five because. Cleveland's just full of homers. We're so used to losing. So fan bases that are just absolutely pumped right now in the NFL. Yeah. You know what, DJ? I'll give you a quick rundown. And it probably should include the uh, the Pittsburgh football team, but I'm not going to include them because the Browns are playing them this week. But uh, my number five team is I'm going to go with the Packers. Uh, they got to feel good. Aaron Rodgers is back on his bullshit. He's all pissed off at people. Uh, he's gunslinging out there. Aaron Rodgers, big-time friend of the show. Uh, so yeah. going Aaron Rodgers, number five, uh, KC, uh, Kansas City's looking real good. I know the the fans out there are really pumped. They lost to Las Vegas this week, but they're still rolling. And, uh, you know, Morgan Hanno's dad, who is an official friend of the show, uh, we mm-hmm. love him on Instagram. He's probably my favorite reason the Kansas City Chiefs are up there. That guy goes nuts. We got to party with that guy. Get him on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chicago's looking good. Got the big win last week on Thursday night against the Bucks. Bills number two, they got beat up by the Titans, but uh, Josh Allen's slinging the ball a little bit. Titans got to feel pretty good too, and then obviously Browns won. We haven't been four and one since nineteen ninety four. I was three years old. I was still shitting in the shower, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> the I always think about the the teams that are unexpectedly good. So uh, the towns that probably get a little too into football, and so that would be Cleveland and Buffalo, right? Um, is Buffalo Midwest? Is that a mid? Not really. No. I. You know what? They're Rust Belt, so we'll we'll throw them in the Midwest. They're kind of in the same vein as Cleveland. You know, we're very similar cities. In New York, and your mid, like, what's not the Midwest? It's not know. Midwest, but it's Rust Belt. Yeah, Rust Belt. Okay, the Rust Belt cities that are shitty every year. So if like the Lions were good this year, we it would be all three fan bases going insane. So right. I'm glad the Bills are good. The Great Lakes would be just absolutely electric factory, dude. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's between Browns and Buffalo, even though the tough L last night. Because um, all of those other teams have like actually had a recent success. So like the Steelers, for example, feeling really high and mighty. And they're probably in the top five. But they've also like been good for a while. And like the most right. – the truest tweet I saw this week was – uh, said something about if the Steelers beat the Browns, it'll be thought of as another week. If the Browns beat the, the Steelers, it'll be thought of as, you know, uh, you know, winning a Super Bowl essentially, which took yeah. a little far, but it is true of like, if they go five and want to beat the Steelers, Cleveland it's, it's a little bit symbolic. It would be a symbolic, you know, a changing of the guard. Uh, yeah. Baker tied Ben Roethlisberger last week for most quarterback wins at First Energy Stadium. Uh, which is a dumb stat that Ben Roethlisberger had the most wins there. You know, it's just like, and it's not a true rivalry if only one team wins. Uh, and I think it'll be reestablishing that, you know, really close cities, two and a half hour drive away from each other. And I think that next meetup at the Browns win this one, absolutely electric. Yeah, we'll be pretty unbearable, you know, so I get it. I totally- will be the worst. The Browns will be the worst fan base when we're good. We're just going to be bad. We're right. bad when we lose. Yeah. And that, the, truthfully, I think that's where most of the hate for Pittsburgh derives from, them being good and just talking shit. And mm-hmm. the years and years of pent-up rage will just come out. It's Absolutely. Gonna happen. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the rivalry is never between the two football teams at a professional level, right? It's about the cities. You know, it's like your 
it's like your sibling and you're trying to one up them, you know, because you see them all the time and you just don't like them very much when they do something better than you. Right. And this is our chance to do something better than them. All right. You got a prediction for the game. We'll go that route. You might as well. Man, uh, DJ, I do. I don't think it's going to be as high scoring as last week, uh, but I do think it hits the over, which I think is a 51 and a half. Uh, so I'll go uh, 30, 36, 23 Browns. Wow. I'll go Steelers 24, 17. You know, if I'm not, that. if I'm not being a homer, I think they're just uh, defensively better. And uh, they just, you know, historically beat the shit out of the Browns. So yeah. I hope I'm wrong. I'm, I'm, but the good thing about that is I'm a known homer. So I can go ahead and say that, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I think it's funny. Uh, we've become like how the media has transitioned and how we think of media over the years, even down right. to the sports level where uh, when the Browns played the Cowboys, I think all the cleveland.com people picked the Cowboys, all eight of them. And right. um, people legitimately got pissed and, you know, that the hometown media is somehow against the Browns. And there was this big backlash after they ended up winning. It's, yeah. I don't know if people even, the line has been blurred so much that people don't even understand the, how their position is to be objective in, in a right. lot of senses. So um, people don't even know that anymore. Right. And for the, for the past 20 years, there's been very good reason to doubt the Browns, right? Mm-hmm. Especially like in a first big game like that. And I wouldn't be su- surprised to see if uh, six of eight of Cleveland.com writers this week pick the Steelers. Like, right. I don't think that'd be a big surprise at all. You got the Browns. I'll pick the Steelers. Five and one would be beautiful, though. All right. On to number two. I was thinking about this shooting hoops uh, at work. We actually have a hoop. I was thinking I'm shooting free throws, 10 free throws, and I'm like, this is actually something I can do like fairly well or fairly um, comparatively to a professional athlete. Right. And so it got me thinking if you had to swap bodies, you know, Freaky Friday style with a professional athlete and you mm-hmm. had to, you know, essentially get as close to their performance as you can, you get none of their strength, athletic ability. All you get is their frame. Oh, wow. So you get their height, okay. weight, whatever, but it's, it's you inside of there. What athlete, what position would that be where you could be as close to as, you know, mimic their actual play? Yeah, DJ, I kind of misinterpreted that a little bit, uh, but I think I'm going to roll with it because this guy's absolute buns. Uh, I don't know how he's in the NFL. Uh, Austin Corbett. Uh, Austin Corbett was a second round pick for the Browns like a few years ago, and the dude never sees the field. I don't even know what team he's on right now. We cut him uh, like two years after. But I think if you put me in Austin Corbett's body, I think I would be big enough to get run over slowly, effectively in the NFL in the event I did actually play. Right. I think I have decent enough footwork. Uh, Definitely not strong enough. I'll say that, but I can get run over slowly. Yeah. Uh, It's a tough question because it can't be any individual sport. Obviously, you can't be a golfer because you would be, you know, we'd obviously be straight trash. And it's got to be something where you can be hidden. So, what is it's basically a question of the most meaningless position within a team sport. so a guard, I think, could be like, is Corbett a guard? Was he a guard? Yeah, guard, yeah. Yeah, you got to hide yourselves in some sense. And you can't just get away with special teams. That doesn't count. So right. I think for me, it'd be like a spot-up three-point shooter. Legitimately <laughs> just sit in the corner. But then yeah, but even you shoot from three. Like, you shoot from, an, <laughs> you th- shoot from NBA three in an open gym. Mm-hmm. Like, you're maybe, what, 24%? 37 
37% in an open gym, no. you're not 37%. No, this just feels like a, a and I know this movie's been made several times or variations of it, but a, a movie plot where it's, you know, you get stuck in the body of a famous athlete and the first game goes just awful and everyone's looking at you. And then somehow they find it within themselves to something happens where then they become the hero. So that's a little freaky, a a little freaky Friday night lights, if you will. Oh, wow. All right. I'm in on that. (laughs) Uh Oh, shrub Studios picking it up. They're coming calling. Yeah. All right. Number three here. Do you do clam bakes? (laughs) Fuck yeah. I bake, bro. You don't even bake, bro. I bake, bro. I was baking last weekend. Uh, Popley clam bake, clam bake. That's my mom's maiden name. Her uh, family every year throws a little bit of a, a little, a little, little bit, a little bit of a bake. You know, get some food together, a little potluck, and uh, clams for sure. Uh, clams three ways: chowder, uh, Manhattan, uh, New England, and just regular clams. Solid. Uh, I don't even know if I would know what a clam tastes like. I mean, I've been to a clam bake, but I just can't think of, you know, what's that taste like? And why is it in the fall? Is there a reason? I don't know why it's a fall. And I guess it's only a Northeast Ohio thing, too. Oh, really? So we're kind of... Yeah, like ourselves. other parts of the country don't bake, <laughs> okay. which is crazy to me. Uh, but I think it's a good opportunity to get outside, drink some of those fall beers that you've been wanting to accumulate. Mm-hmm. I always bring a little bit of a mix six pack, suck down a couple beers hang out with the family. It's uh, it's always a good time. Has your fall beer palette changed at all? Has it gotten a little, I don't know, darker for a lack of a better term? It has. Yeah. I tweeted from the greasy account, the little Edmund Fitzgerald uh, mm-hmm. from Great Lakes, which I think is an all-time fall beer. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm drinking Guinness a little bit more. Uh, but yeah, drifting away from some of those lighter fall beers, you know, those pillars and stuff, getting in the darker stuff. Yeah. And my attitude's been a little darker too. <laughs> yeah. Put on some pounds for the winter, you know, going to hibernate. Need them. Yeah. I agree. It does get a little, I'm, I'm kind of a Porter guy now, by the way. That's sick, dude. <laughs> it's like that. Me uh, too. I don't know. I wish I could reference the actual TikToker so people could see it, but it was, you know, it says what craft, you know, it's like what craft beer guys say to each other. And yeah. uh, that was that conversation right there. Kind of a porter guy now. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, sick. The darkies. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Clam bake. I got to attend one or get some clams so I can reacclimate myself there. Number four. This one's from Daniel Ralston on Twitter. I just stole it because I thought it was a good question. Who would you most genuinely, who would be the most genuinely shocking person to be on the mass Singer? And he said he's going with Coach K. Coach K would be good. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, Depending on how this election goes, I think seeing Donald Trump on there would be absolutely electric, right? Like he's going to want to get back into that, uh, you know, network, you know, ring, make sure he gets his money after this. Uh, He's in debt a little bit, so he needs to get that back. Um, So I think seeing Donald Trump on there would be funny. It would be funny. I don't know if he'd be shocked because we know he's kind of a reality, uh, you know, chasing the chasing the cloud always. I it's it basically comes down to grumpy people. So like a Bill, right. Bill Belichick, obviously, is a he would be obviously. Um, for some reason, my mind went to uh, Malcolm Gladwell, um, but that doesn't really connect for a lot of people. So um, there is this. I, well, it would connect with a lot of people, truthfully. Um, there's this yeah. commercial. And so this is just diverging completely from the question with okay. Kevin Hart and 
uh, Malcolm Gladwell for Audible, which I believe has like podcasts and books on tape and all that shit. And so it's a pretty cool commercial how the room's split down the center, and you'll see it soon if you haven't. Uh, but it's Kevin Hart and Malcolm Gladwell. And my mind last night went to, I wonder the percentage of Americans that could name both of those guys. Because truthfully, what they're doing is they're trying to hit a lot of different demographics, right? Famous mm-hmm. author, biggest comedian in the world. Um, so what what percentage do you think could be like, yep, Kevin Hart, yep, Malcolm Gladwell? You know, it's all about their Q rating, which I just found out what that was. What's uh, that? But just readily, it's, it's like readily identifiable people. So you show a picture of somebody, of Malcolm Gladwell, and the person would say like, oh, yeah, I know who that is. Mm-hmm. They don't have to name them, but just recognize who they are. Oh. Um, and Malcolm Gladwell's face has to be very low, but his voice is very recognizable. Yeah. So I don't think he'd do that well in The Masked Singer because of that. But he also has a particular look. He's got the curve. He does have like, you know, he's got, yeah. Yeah. I think our generation, a lot of people could, you know, I've, I've never read a Malcolm Gladwell book, but because of podcasts, I know who he is. Yeah, I hear that. I wish I had a better answer the Mass Singer, but I thought that was, I'll have to dig through those Twitter mentions. There's probably some real good ones. Belichick would be good, but, you know, him and Coach K are kind of in the same vein for sure. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Try, you know, really, it's it comes down to. Um, what about Anthony Fauci? What about <laughs> Fauci on the Matt Singer? It just comes down to, and also like people way too famous. Like that's a, a, a I don't even know if it's a step above, very similar to being on Dancing with the Stars. So mm-hmm. you don't get to that level. One, unless you like love the show. So that's why I didn't say like LeBron or something, because maybe like him and his kids watching would be like a hilarious thing for him to do in the summer. But someone right. that's just like so famous that it would hurt their image to even be on that show. Okay. Brad, yeah. Brad Pitt's never going to be on The Mass Singer. No, 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 no. Yeah. Paul Rudd, maybe not. Paul Rudd, he, seem, he seems like more he'd of a, a good candidate. More light, yeah. He's kind of like free yeah. flowing. Um, this is also another question from the Twitter, and this is number five. This is from Eliza Croft. I just stole the pick six from people this week. You know, sometimes people I like have that, better yeah. ideas than you. For sure. Steal them, baby. That's a, <laughs> all good teachers do that. Just steal all your shit. And uh, Eliza says, am I stupid or does anyone else hold off their lunch break for as long as possible? So then when I get back, I have less time until I finish. Heard that. Yeah, it's like a little treat. I don't do a lot of things for my future self, for future Bobby. I do a lot of things to mess that guy over. I get I get too drunk and then he's hung over and stuff like that. But that's something I do for that guy. Uh, you know, just, uh, you know, my lunch, I start at 7 and I work until 3.30. So I take my latest possible lunch, which is at noon. So after, I only have three hours worth of work. And then I'm done. That's easy. Afternoon flies. Yeah, you. it's an absolute must if you have that kind of flexibility where you're not necessarily like restricted to a certain hour. you got to do mm-hmm. it for your future self. And it, it's similar with, uh, we don't have to dig into the details here, but the, the, a lot of the replies from Eliza were about their bathroom breaks and, and um uh, it sounded like a lot of people worked uh, like younger um, and skewed to like hourly jobs that maybe aren't their career. And they were saying like that they'll take their lunch break, but not go to the bathroom. And then their manager, they'll get back and take their bathroom break. And their manager will be like, yo, weren't you just on lunch? And they'll say, yeah. <laughs> and they'll just go to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't do that on company time. 
Yeah, if like my lunch is unpaid, so I'm just wasting time. It's just time until I'm done, right? So it's like, yeah, I'm not gonna do anything that I want to do on my. You know what I mean? Yeah, like <laughs> it's gonna be all on company time. We're all scamming the system somehow. That's why we're all gonna push for uh, you and I are socialists, thirty hours a week, guys. I don't know if we exactly. totally made that up, but I'm about it. Yeah, like, I don't want to work forty anymore. Yeah, thirty seems like so light, though. I don't know. It sounds nice, but. If you're talking about like productivity at work, you know, I'd be interested in that, you know, all the studies can prove one way or the other that people do only work like actual 22 hours of productivity a week. But then if you cut it to 30, would people only work 17? I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. 30 sounds awesome though. We could, we could have like two pods a week then, you know? We could, but I don't know. If we would. <laughs> uh, number six, how do you tell people where you're from? Yeah, it, I think it depends on setting, Deej. Um, like, I normally start out with, oh, I'm from Northeast Ohio. And then the people are like, oh. And if they have any idea where I'm talking about, it'll be like, I'm 45 minutes east of Cleveland. And they're like, and then they seem to have more idea after that. And if they want to, like, push it further, I say, oh, I'm from Perry. And then the one with the nuclear power plant. Mm-hmm. And then if it's like an office setting or around a bunch of dads, I'll say like, and I don't go in the dark. I don't think. <laughs> yeah, right. People around the area seem to know power plant, but I always find it can be, if you don't answer properly, it can kind of be an, an awkward exchange. Uh, mm-hmm. If you think about out of town, what they tell you, and if, if they don't kind of say a big city, and I'm like, yeah, and I'll let it go. But sometimes then they poke and prod and I'll say, you know, Northeast Ohio, power plant, and then they're even more lost and we're off, you know, then the whole conversation's off. Right. And I know like people from like big cities like Chicago and if they live in the city of Chicago and somebody says they're from Chicago, but they're from like Naperville, which I think is a northern suburb. They're like, dude, these guys not Chicago, but it's like for geographic reasons, for somebody that's not familiar with the city, it's they're from Chicago, right? Like for all intents and purposes. Absolutely. You got to know, you got to have a good pulse on the person. If it's in this area, talking to somebody, they're probably going to know it. If I'm talking to your Minnesota boys, I'm from Cleveland. From Cleveland. These are Cleveland guys. But I'm always interested to hear how people answer that. So text me or hit me up on Twitter. Tell me where you're from. You know, even though 90% of our listeners are from where you and I are from. Are from very Ohio. Yeah. Um, All right, cool. That is the pick six. Uh, We'll move on to the self-involved segment. Uh, We didn't run the numbers last week, so I'll give you what we put up. And mind you, this has had more time. Uh, Okay. It had 63, and that that pod was titled Not Worth It Beers, COVID in the NFL, MGK Album Review, and Sloppy Seconds. So that's that MGK album still slapping. Yeah, Yeah, still slapping. Um, I do find my, uh, before we, you know, off on a little tangent here, uh, my music listening kind of cadence has changed where things don't last as long, right? Instead of an Mm -hmm. album that, you know, back in the day, I'm bumping Murphy Lee's album for like seven straight weeks or fabulous. And now like for me, songs tend to have like, you know, a seven, like a week, you know, span. Yeah. I I mean, now that like songs are so accessible, I kill the hell out of songs, Mm -hmm. right? If I like something, I'm going to drive that thing into the ground. 
I'm going to listen to it for like two hours straight and then be like, I don't want to hear that anymore because it reminds me of me looking at spreadsheets. You know what I mean? So uh, <laughs> uh, I know what you're talking about and it definitely has a shorter shelf life. I even get stuck on pods sometimes. You know, I listen to the same like three or four and I'll, I'll save them up for the next day because I know Thursdays I don't have any pods that I want to listen to. Luckily, the listeners have Greasy, but I've already listened to Greasy and cut it up. I'm not going to listen right. again. We're not that interesting. No. Um, so maybe I'll save part of my take for Thursday. So I really got to time it out because a lot of pods I just don't get into. So we're it's the way you treat yourself. Yeah. You know? All right. What did we put up last week? Last week was the Browns pod. You know, we got a lot of Twitter interaction. People were loving it. People love the Browns. They're hot. We're hot. We put up 72 listens, dude. <laughs> wow. You would think you'd be more accurate based on how many listens we have every week, but it was 52. I was only 20 off, you know what I mean? Give me some slack there. But you know what? I think that once they go 5-1, and one, people are going to be starting to search the Browns a little bit more. And uh, we're going to pop up in that SEO stuff because we have the best guy in the business for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so no doubt about that. And we're really kind of accomplishing every business owner's dream where you build something and it stays flat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's what the stockholders like to see is just no growth. Consistency. All right. Moving on to my ranking. So I've been doing some shit on Twitter where I just post a top five list every other day that, or, you know, when I think of it. Uh, So this is going to be similar to iPhone notes where you pick a list and you can then have beef with once I run down my top five. Okay. So here are the lists I've compiled thus far. Uh, Most fun wide receiver through week five. Chip dip, most fun golf club to hit, shirt type, and blizzard. We talked about wide receivers a little bit. I interacted with your Twitter uh, a little bit about the wide receiver. Uh, I know Wubby kind of had the same thought as me. Uh, shout out, Wubs. Love you, little bruv. Uh, thinking that OBJ had to be up there. So I'm going to leave that one out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's talk about shirt types because I've been thinking about this quite a bit too. Shirt types, yeah. Um, I'll break down my top five and then just leave leave it to you to to go with it. Okay. Uh, we got number five, polo. Okay. Four, long sleeve tee. Okay. Three, classic button up. Two, pocket tee. Okay. One, crew neck. I mean, you got number one right. I don't think there's any debate over that. Just a crew neck. Sweatshirt, anything looks unbelievable, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I would probably move long sleeve tee. The only big qualm I have with your list is uh, the classic button up. You can't catch me dead in a classic button up, dude. Mm-hmm. I just never wear them. I don't know if that says something about me, but uh, I just don't find the time or uh, you know feel comfortable. It feels like I'm impersonating someone when I'm in a long in a classic button up. But you move uh, you move polos and long sleeve tees up there. I'm with you, especially in this fall weather. Yeah, I had a lot of feedback on the polo. People didn't like that. A lot of well, I actually maybe go on a three quarter zip. You know what I mean? Instead of the polo, kind of gives you the same golf look. Yeah, uh, but just a little comfier. Or like a Henley, people say. I'm not a Henley guy. Too many buttons. I like polos because they have you obviously have the golf use, but both male and female. Like when you're, say, I worked at like a golf resort, then everyone can just. Well, that's the same example. I just said golf and golf. Um, say I worked at somewhere. You worked like, in a golf galaxy. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> or like a footlocker. Everyone can rock polos with khakis. It's like a semi-dressed sporty look. 
on anybody. They could, but don't they still like dress him up in that ridiculous umpire or the referee outfits? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I haven't been in a Foot Locker in a while. <laughs> Me either. Somebody's back in the Foot Locker. You know, if you've been in there, if you work there, if you're still wearing the referee tee, let us know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I get the polo beef. I actually had an interaction. I won't say where, but let's just say I was taking um, team photos and everyone was required to wear a polo. And one guy okay. straight up told me, said, no, I don't wear polos. That's sick. I love that movie. <laughs> so we put him in a butt. Where did polos ever wrong that guy? You know what I mean? <laughs> right. I could Who made fun of that guy for wearing a polo? Right. Um I just like the dry fit nature. I don't think if, if dry fit didn't exist, then polo probably doesn't make the list. I agree. Yeah. Nobody wants to wear a cotton polo. I also have this uh, Perry Pirate. I don't know if you've seen me wear it before. Perry Pirate long sleeve dry fit polo. And um, the, comment oh, I got, seen it. the comment I got on it was, I was going to complicate or compliment you, but then I realized I didn't know what that shirt was. Meaning... They thought it was like a dry fit long sleeve and then they saw the collar <laughs> and they didn't know what to do with it. Yeah. That's something you see at Gabe's, you know what I mean? They put too many garments together and that's what it ended up with, you know? Yeah. Uh, it was $3 on a Gabe shelf. Yeah, exactly. All right. Those are my rankings. I'll try to p- produce some more of those. Uh, I wanted to put some Twitter content out there. Part of it, I was inspired by um, someone discussing that they consume a lot of Twitter, but they were never... Um, you know, lending their own thoughts on stuff. And my thought was there's just so much serious shit out there. And that's part of the reason for this podcast is like there's very heavy topics. And Twitter, as we know, is so toxic. So what lighthearted bullshit can we get into that's just fun? We can argue about the dumb shit. Let's get back to arguing about dumb shit. Yeah, and we do a pretty good job at that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Talking about Henley Polos. I don't know. Yeah, right. But then that doesn't transition very well to our next topic, though, Deej, because we're I want to talk about some heavy topics. Yeah, well, let's have it. You know, sometimes you got to do that. We're versatile. So let's get into Know Your History. Rob, take it away. Yeah, Deej, it's a tough day here in Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland uh, iconic restaurant Sokolowski's, which is in uh, Tremont right at the top of the Topath Trail, has announced that they're closing. Uh, and, you know, I don't think cities should ever be characterized by the things they have. Like, you know what I mean? It, that Things don't make cities. Like, uh, people in Cleveland should never say, like, oh, Cleveland's a cool, fun city. Because we have this, like, restaurant barrio. We have a bar district called West 25th. Like, that doesn't make a city. People make cities, right? It's about, like, what people do to make cities great. Uh, and it's about supporting the people's lives around you. If it makes somebody's life easier, is it public transportation or better schools? Uh, is it better accessible parking to make sure that everyone can get around? Like that's what makes a city successful. It's not like a cool taco restaurant. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, some, but some places are a part of the fabric of the city. Like in Cleveland, we have the West side market. And I think the West side market like connects you to what goes on in that city. Like somebody a hundred years ago in 1912 bought their groceries in that same exact spot that you're doing that day. And there's something important about that. And it's like, you know, and it, this has always gone, gone on in the city and we continue to celebrate that, his, that history there. And I feel like Sokolowski's is a place where you could connect to that very thing that Cleveland was. You could go and eat a, a sausage roll sandwich or a pierogi or a cabbage roll that some guy in 1923 just got off the shift at the mill. He walked up there and ate a cabbage roll using the same recipe, right? And it it kind of connected you to who this city was and who this city still is. Uh, and it's sad to see that go. 
Uh, and, you know, we're losing a lot of those things that make the city fun and the, the city cool. Like we're never going to be New York. We don't want the trendiest restaurant, right? Mm. We want something that makes us definitely Cleveland and what this pit, what the city is. Uh, but, you know, and I'm, I'm sure somebody's going to unironically turn that into a, a fast, casual pierogi shop uh, and sell you sausage for $12. So everything's going to be all right in the world uh, and people can put it on their insists. But, man, I'm a little bit sad to see that one go. Can't say it any better than that, dude. Uh, powerful stuff. Yeah. I, I, you know, reading about it, they were really hoping to get to at least 100 years, 97. So that that's just sad in that respect. And just how that area is really built in, built up. Uh, you got the, the towpath trail there where I've seen just the number of bikes and people utilizing that is awesome. And you have it running right there. Um, could have been very cool, but, uh, yeah, another one that, uh, COVID took away. All right, dude, let's move on here. What are we consuming? Dude, let's get off the sad right. stuff. I'm back to talking about bullshit. All right. What are you consuming? Uh, Rob, you go first. Uh, listen to a lot of Bob Seeger. Uh, Bob Seeger is like this classic rock guy from North, uh, I think he's Northeast Michigan. Uh, dude slaps. Go listen to Bob Seeger. Great fall music. Uh, that Fleetwood Mac uh, TikTok, uh, the, the guy on the skateboard, yeah. which is an unbelievable story. Uh, I don't know if you followed up, but I'll explain it to anybody. Just this dude vibing on a skateboard, drinking Ocean Spray Cran Raz, uh, which is an underrated drink. That drink kind of slaps. Uh, and he's just straight up vibing, riding on a skateboard. Uh, anyway, Mick Fleetwood, who's part of Fleetwood Max, saw the video, replicated it. And then the Ocean Spray CEO saw it and replicated it. And then Ocean Spray bought the original dude a car. Yeah, Dogface. Dogface 420, baby. He out there on TikTok. TikTok is fun for that stuff, right? Just like this random ass creator who was just vibing one day. Probably thought it was going to get two views, right? Ended up probably one of the biggest videos in TikTok history and resulted in a car. Uh, so Trump's trying to take TikTok away. He saved college football, but he's trying to take that away from us, you know? Yeah. Bummer. Uh, what else? Uh, uh, I've been watching a lot of Pokemon card openings on TikTok as well. Uh, I know I was talking to you a couple weekends ago and I pulled a Charizard, uh, which is, you know, you were laughing at me, but it's a potentially hundreds and hundreds of dollars in, uh, in Pokemon cards. You still don't know. Uh, well, I haven't gotten it graded yet, dude. Uh, things take time okay uh but pulled a zard uh and uh running back parks and rack while i'm working gotta pass the time somehow so parks and rack andy dwyer all-time character on there yeah. mouse rat uh fell in love in the pit probably one of my all-time favorite songs so that's what i've been consuming each um in terms of pokemon card openings is a zard the the best card you could pull uh yeah so from that from that uh set that was the best card I could pull. Like, uh, what is it? Logan Paul. Is that his name? Yeah. Okay. Uh, he just did a first edition original box of Pokemon cards. Like this probably cost him a hundred thousand dollars to buy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he sold the packs to people and he pulled the first edition Charizard and it's like, uh, couple hundred thousand dollar card <laughs> if anyone deserves it less it's <laughs> but somebody bought the pack and he just did it for the views uh, so it's somebody else's charizard oh that's cool yeah but i agree if anybody deserves it less than him it's him uh you know what i mean so but it was somebody else's card so this guy if it's a graded 10 hundreds of thousands of dollars the market is absolutely nuts it's the same way for baseball cards right now so if you have your old pokemon cards you have some old baseball cards look through them look up how much they're worth you could be sitting on a couple hundred bucks. 
I think the baseball card thing would be tough because people have, I remember, you know, stacking those up as your kids, how you, would you ever know if any of those are valuable? A lot of them are just trash. A lot of them are trash, especially from the early 90s. Um, but it's all about finding the right rookie card. Uh, and if it's still in good shape, it could still be worth some money. Hmm. Uh, so, I mean, if you got some cards, let me know and I'll look them up for you. All right, cool. Uh, one thing I do recommend that I've been consuming is today, I know I mentioned Bill Simmons before, but all-time great guest, I think, top podcast guest I've ever listened to uh, today on the Bill Simmons show was um, – why can't I think of his name now? This is bad. Oh, Jared Dudley. Jared Dudley, uh, who is on the Lakers, current Lakers, just gives awesome insight into the bubble and what it was like being on that team. Even mm-hmm. just gives nuggets about LeBron that you might not hear elsewhere and was very uh, just full disclosure. So it felt cool. Just a great listen, our listen, listen to Jared Dudley on Bill Simmons. All right. Um, and then previewing the week ahead, I saw that mm-hmm. Money, Moneyball is now on – um, Netflix and the backstory there is Andrew and I were trying to watch that this past weekend just because I was inspired uh, by watching um, YouTube clips of the just like little you know YouTube t- sometimes does that with uh, like rip clips of uh, when yep. Billy Bean does this and and so I was like I want to watch that movie it wasn't available on any streaming services I looked up on Netflix it said coming Wednesday so I'm like wow Ooh, that's, that's exciting. Well, and it's also topical because Billy Bean just left the Oakland A's, uh, oh, and really? he's he's transitioning to a role with the uh, Henry Sports Group, uh, the guy who owns the Boston Red Sox. Uh, so he's leaving baseball without winning that uh, championship. Uh, and uh, for anybody interested, Michael Lewis is the guy who wrote the Moneyball book. And if you haven't read Moneyball and you're at all interested in baseball, uh, you should pick it up. If you're interested in business, you should pick it up because it's just a way to uh, think about things differently. Uh, so definitely recommend. And all the Mike Lewis books are just phenomenal. Like he wrote the big short that was obviously turned into a film. Uh, and I've never read anything from Michael Lewis. He came out with a book on President Trump a few years ago uh, that gave great insight to what the government does and all the small roles that need to be filled and why it's important to work in government. So read some Michael Lewis stuff. Cool. Um, do you know if Jonah, is Jonah Hill's character in that movie real? Uh, so he, I guess he's a couple of characters, and one of them uh, that he's blended into is Paul D. Podesta, who is now the uh, you know works with the Browns. Mm. Um, so uh, a part of Paul D. Podesta's character is folded into Jonah Hill, and then maybe that's why he's so big in the movie. Yeah, because <laughs> I uh, um... <laughs> I can stop. Man. That's funny. <laughs> um, Mark Shapiro. He's in the first 30. I watched the first 30 minutes before here and that Jonah Hill character is just awesome and how they interact. And I looked up his name, something Kyle Brandt, no, something Brandt in the, and I couldn't find him other than the okay. movie. So it, it didn't seem like a real person. So I was interested. No. Yeah. Uh, we want Rincon. Yeah. We, yeah. That's a great, great scene. You've seen the movie it. a few times. Damn. Um, yeah. The Amazing Race is coming back tonight, and I haven't, you know, I don't even know if I've ever watched a full season, but I put it in here because I wanted to ask you uh, to guess what season The Amazing Race is on. Man, they've been pumping those out. Uh, 26. Fairly close, 32. 
So 32. not quite the levels, but it's uh, it's been down there. Uh, I'm going to kind of make fun of my dad here. I was sitting there watching TV and an amazing race commercial popped up. And my dad has never traveled more than like 200 miles outside of like Cleveland, Ohio. He's been to Vegas a couple of times. But he's sitting down and he turned next to me. He goes, man, I'd love to do a show like that. <laughs> like, yeah, dad, you thrive. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but, you know, just dad stuff. But yeah, the amazing race coming back. That sounds fun. Yeah. Old uh, men on the couch in their natural environment. Hilarious. Oh, the best in the business. My dad is one of them for sure. Yeah. And then like three-year-olds, you know, just small children that can actually talk. Hilarious. Yeah. And then they can get to say stuff. Yeah. This guy on their couch. And then the other thing I'm actually interested in is the trial, the Chicago seven, which has a pretty solid cast. And it's about, I have to clear it up here. The Vietnam war, uh, a group of people protesting and crossing state borders and then going on trial because of it. And uh, Sasha Bear Cohen's in it and just looks, and I think, um, what's his name? Aaron Sorkin's directorial debut. So it has some meat behind it. And I'm interested coming to Netflix this Friday, but a a heavy topic as you, as we talk around here. Uh, So that's what I'm watching this week. Uh, Obviously a ton of football and a little bummed there's no Thursday night this week. Yeah, uh, bummed uh, for sure. Uh, You know what else I'm watching, Deej, is this is the uh, season finale of Lovecraft Country. Mm. Uh, We have a couple boys that I know listen to the show that are watching it. Uh, Some have said it's the best show on TV, and I agree with them. Some people have started throwing Thrones talk out there. Wow. Uh, It's up there. Uh, Definitely different. uh, Definitely a different kind of show. Not as accessible, um, but some of the stuff they do, better than Thrones for sure. All right. I got to you know, an episode and a half in, uh, but I'll have to continue. It's not that I didn't like it. Pause just a lot of TV watching because man, being on the East coast, this can be brutal watching, you know, if you got a little pepper on the Monday night game, you got your fantasy, uh, matchup on the line. I'm going to bed at midnight on a Sunday. I'm going to bed at midnight on a Monday. Obviously it's a choice that I'm making, but it's, right. it's tough on the mind the next day, bro. For sure. Yeah. Cause you know, you got to run back. I mean, Tuesday night games now. I mean, like, you know, we're only human, you know, we're watching them. I just want a comfortable this week, like 65 point fantasy win. I know I'm up like midway through the four o'clocks and I'm just enjoying football for what it is. I need one of those. I need it. You need a couple Sunday beers. that taste a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think that's all I got. Uh, Robbie, you got anything else? That's it. Uh, let's have a great week. You know, it's tough. You know, it's definitely transition to fall. I feel myself getting down sometimes, but mm-hmm. get out there, make the most out of it, get some miles in. I know we got some bruvs that need to make up some miles. Uh, love to meet up with some people, get some coffees, hit those streets and get some miles in. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. The winter, we, we tend to go in our holes. Don't let your bruvs go. Build those relationships still. Don't let go, Jack. That's the best. Uh, that's the best advice we've ever given on the show. All right. Probably, yes. <laughs> we'll see you next week. <laughs>